we just started praying like, God, would you give me a little more faith today to trust you for the next step? Man, that's a good prayer. That's a huge and most dangerous prayer you could ever pray because if you really mean it, what's awesome about God is He actually put those dreams there. He wants to see that stuff come alive in your life because He's got so much more planned for it. But He wants you to ask Him, please, God, let me trust you more. Hey, welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. St. Ignatius said, The glory of God is man fully alive. Jesus said, It is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This podcast is here to bring God glory through you becoming fully alive and you bearing much fruit or having powerful results in your life. I believe you can use your unique gifts and talents to change the world. If you listen to this show and read our blogs, you will be inspired to take your own journey of faith to become a man or woman who is fully alive, making an impact in the world around you. I interview people that I think are awesome that are doing that today to inspire and to challenge you, you can do the same. Let's get rolling. Hey, before we get into the episode, I want to share new resources that the Kindling Fire has developed for you. I wasted years of my life in survival mode. And I would hear scriptures like John 10.10. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full, an abundant, rich, meaningful, satisfying life. And I honestly expected God was just going to drop that life, that new life, that abundant life into my lap. But I showed my lack of faith by my lack of action. But God challenged my false beliefs and called me to new actions that transformed my life. And I moved from just surviving to thriving in every area of my life. I am so excited to share that journey with you with the Rekindle the Fire e-course. These are seven classes that I have been able to consolidate down some of the key ideas and key actions that I put in my life to move from survival mode to truly thriving in my family in my work, in my parenting, in my spiritual life, in in my health, in every area of my life. You can find out more at our website. Uh, So today on the Kindling Fire podcast, I am in Kona, Hawaii with a new friend. And this is the first show from our adventure with uh, Youth with a Mission. And so this is pretty epic. Epic. It is epic. And I've got uh, Trent Walker on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. This is fun. So um, Trent and I uh, are actually doing a discipleship training school, two separate schools. He is here with his family. I'm here with my family. And just a little bit about Trent. Uh, Trent and Siobhan Walker, they are YouTubers yeah. with uh, a channel called Everyday Family Adventure. Uh, he is also a longtime worker worship pastor. Uh, him and his wife do beautiful, awesome worship, and, and I've seen some of their Thanks, stuff, man. and it's really good. <laughs> and uh, and so they have uh, on their YouTube channel, actually, I don't want to steal that, so what, what's your YouTube no, that's channel great. about? So the YouTube channel is just about, uh, it's really just about our family adventure. I mean, we have five boys, um, all under the age of 12, and we live full-time in a Class A motorhome. It's an old vintage motorhome, and uh, 
We don't just live full-time in this motorhome. We travel all over the nation as far as those wheels will take us. And it's basically like just an epic, fun travel channel with a bunch of rowdy little boys and one girl. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys do evangelism and you do ministry and you, yes. you're doing a lot there. And it's just uh, really exciting. Yeah. But the, the reason I wanted to have you on the show was a conversation you and I were having over uh, a dinner here. And by the way, as far as our setting goes... It's beautiful here, but we're next to a swimming pool, and we're behind a cafe. So if you hear noise, that's what's going on because we're outside and beautiful. And Hawaii. the weather's gorgeous. Yeah, it is totally gorgeous. And uh, we're actually at the University of Nations campus in Kona, Hawaii, with with a youth with a mission. But um, so we were having a conversation, and you were talking about how um, the question was over, kind of in your mind: Where are the people of faith? Yeah. Where are people who are really, uh, you know, stepping out in faith? And, uh, and that's where I want to launch into the show is kind of exploring huh. that journey uh, where you started to really question. And this is after many years in, in ministry. Yeah, 15 years in full-time, uh, you know, pastoral worship pastoring. You know, I grew up in a church that, like, their eyeballs were to the nations of the world. Mm. They were like, we're blessed. How can we be a blessing yeah. to the world? In fact, we did like a, a, a church album called Blessed to be a Blessing. You know, it was yeah. like, that was the type of church that I grew up in. That's At the time good. when I was a teenager, like we were sending people in nations all over the world. And, and there was a, a, just this grassroots kind of excitement and revival around it. Mm. Um, I went off to Bible school. Um, and I, and I wanted to be part of that. And so I went up to Bible school, and then I helped plant a church out in Washington, D.C., and, and I served, man. But it was, wasn't easy. It was like, oh, I'm, I'm you know, kind of out of my college years now and growing up and yeah. started to have a family. And, yeah, yeah. You know, we loved ministry. We did. But the Great Commission, as we were serving it, kind of grew into more of like, well, you know, we have to provide for the family and, and we've got to, you know, live as good, you know, people, good Christians, but we have to pretty much just kind of get by. <laughs> and so the church job thing is working for us and, and we loved it. I mean, don't get me wrong, but this was our lens and tunnel vision of the gospel. And pretty much our eyes were taken off of anything outside of what we were doing. It was mm. just a gospel of busyness. It was kind of like just a, a really slow kind of tug in my spirit that was like, God, I know I'm made for more than this, and I don't want to look at what the church is doing as a bad thing. Right. But, but I had to wrestle with inside of me, like, God, am I living to the full potential of what you've called me and my family to do? And, and even in those wrestlings, I'll be honest, there was no action taken on that at all. Yeah. Until one day my son, we were, we were doing uh, like five services a weekend. We had two services on Saturday and three on Sunday morning. And then we were growing so fast, we ended up moving to six services on the weekend. And my son, my uh, six-year-old son came to me and, and he said, Dad, I don't want, want to go to church today. And it was just kind of the beginning of the crumbling of my heart at that time. Because I was like, why don't you, like, I grew up when I was 
young, like I grew up excited about the gospel. Right. My kids weren't excited about the gospel. They just, it was just go to church and play video games on Sunday morning. And yeah, you know, uh, you know, you learn your Bible lessons at Awana on Monday night. And it, it, it was just, and, and here's, you know, whose fault it was. It wasn't the church's fault and it wasn't the pastor's fault. It was my fault. Yeah. And I had to wrestle with that. And then it just began a slow crumbling of like, God, you've got to do something in me because I am living the very life that I never wanted to live as a Christian. Like I never wanted to be like passive in my faith. So the, the scripture that comes to mind is when Jesus said, um, you will know a tree by its fruits. And a lot, you could, that's super general and super high level. And you could say, oh, well, that's, you know, that's bad fruit from a church or whatever. But it's really more about, in my opinion, and hearing your story is um, if it is not great giving you life, leading you closer to the Lord, bringing life in your home, maybe it's not the thing that, I mean, the Lord's actually calling you into something else. Because a lot of people will we'll take religious activity and say, look, I can go to the Bible and I can, you know, it, it checks all the boxes, but yeah. I'm dying inside. Yeah. It's not working. There's not life coming out of my spirit. Right. But I'm checking all the boxes and I can go to the Bible and, and you know, it checks all the boxes. Well, What's I, up? I feel like my heart goes out to men in this, in this, in this day and age, especially guys in their 30s. They got young kids. Like, like when we started our RV journey, like, oh my gosh, our, our, our youngest was a year and a half old and in a pack and play in our RV. And, but I, my heart goes out to these guys because I was that guy that's like, God, I'm giving my tithes, I'm giving offerings, I'm giving to the church building campaign. Uh, you know, I, I love you, I'm serving with all my heart. Like, God, what more do you want me to give? I can't give anymore. And God's like, what about everything? Like, are you really giving me everything? And you, you have this wrestling of like, you know, like, okay, God, well, fine. What about my house? You know, whatever. And God put his finger on like, what about your ministry? Like, what about your job at your church? Because you're such a good Christian and you're leading so many people to Christ every week. And you're, you are the quote unquote, like, you know, picture perfection of what a Christian man should be, right? We were taking this retreat weekend, and we were going through this booklet, and I, I had the, it's, it's kind of like the boldness, you know, like, to, to tell my wife, I, I said to her that weekend, um, it was Chicago, I remember it like it was yesterday, I said, I don't feel like I'm going to be on staff at the church for much longer, you know, and it was like, like when when you know like and we you, these unspoken things in your marriage the things yeah. you don't really talk about like that for me that was really hard to say to her because yeah. then she's like well, what do you mean what are we gonna do yeah she wasn't afraid and that began a story in her life and then we were at a homeschool back to the homeschool thing uh, we were at a homeschool she was at a homeschool conference and she heard um, an amazing just God chaser man who had has nine children. Him and his wife have nine children. They they do a he's an author and a speaker at homeschool conferences. His name's uh, Todd Wilson with the Family Man Online, and uh, Todd travels all around the nation in his RV with his nine children, 
I remember she went to one of his seminars because she thought that was pretty cool. And he had a book called uh, Chase Your Dreams, But Beware of the Dream Killers. Hmm. And, um, and after that seminar, she, she, she came to me that weekend and she was just like, I, I need to be honest with you about something. I have killed your dreams our entire marriage. And I repent for that, and I don't want to do that anymore, and I want you to help me see what God's put in you to let your dreams come alive. You know, and that's scary, but that was like an amazing time, right? Yeah, that's a major, major that's conversation. That's a major breakthrough. <laughs> it was a major conversation, because I, and then I'm, you know, like, you know, the husband, I'm like, no, you don't, you don't, you don't do that. And, and to be honest, like, for all of you guys who are listening, I'll be 100% honest in this. Like, I did say that. I'm like, you don't kill my dreams. But the reality was, is that she, it wasn't her doing it, but I had laid my dreams down a long time ago. A long time ago. Like, like, you know, like, like, like a long time. Like, it was like, you, you're just in this place where you're like, I remembered saying like, God, I, I don't even know how to dream again. I don't even yeah. know what that looks like. And, and I'm not 18 anymore, right? And, and there's so many. And I want you, the reason I'm having you on is there are men and women who are just like we used to be, because I used to be the same way. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, whatever. You know, dreams for the, those that don't have responsibilities. Right. Dreams I got for kids. That, I right, don't need to dream. Dreams are for <laughs> those who don't have a mortgage. Dreams are for those that don't have kids. Dreams are for those, which is this long list of saying, you know, I'm not... It's really, the, what I like to say that is that all the, it's really a lack of faith. It is. But, but in not it's in a condemning too. way, it's fear mostly. And, and, and because there's a lot at risk. But, so, so, but I'm having you on because the story, I mean, you did some crazy stuff. We did some <laughs> I mean, crazy you guys stuff, yeah. Did, so, you, so when she said that to you, um, and so where did, I mean, did you have a, what was the dream that you feel like you were killing? Maybe that's the question I'll ask you. What, what was the dream you felt like you were killing? Well, a dream. like, and it's kind of a lot of what we do now. Like, like, um, to be honest, I think we both killed each other's dreams, but, yeah. but her, op her opening up that door and me opening up that door to each other. Yeah. We were just, we were, you know, like, understand me. We weren't like, you know, in one day, like, all right, everything's on the ground. We're going to like. <laughs> confess everything right now how hard we've hurt you and you know it's yeah, not yeah. that like like it took some time yeah it's just one tiny step of taking that gut-wrenching step of of trust with your spouse yeah. where i said to her about my job and then she said to me about the dreams because dreams for me had always been like man i'd love to travel all around the world yeah. and preach the gospel i'd love to share the music that god's put in my heart i'd love to write like i wrote all the time when I was younger. Uh, writing as in book writing or songwriting or both? Ma mainly, ma mainly songwriting. Yeah, okay. But book writing too. And, and I loved to, I'm, I, feel, I feel very inspirational. Like, like I love to preach. <laughs> you know, yeah, I love yeah. to, Siobhan, the kids call me chatty daddy. Because I'll, I'll talk. Like, I can talk, you know. That's why you're on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so... But but honestly, to be honest, like like it's you, like you, all of that. You submit you submit that stuff under like, well, I'm doing all that in the church, and I'm grateful and right. Like really, like like sometimes when you're in your your late 30s or 
you know, you're in this place where I'm like, well, I, I am fulfilling the dreams that God's with. You can make excuses. Like, right. like, you know, I have a good life. Yes, you know, I had a great life. I was very content. I was not discontented. Yeah. What, is I satisfied? Well, no, because I don't believe that we were chasing God with our whole hearts and it was rearing its ugly head in my kids because my kids had no idea what chasing after God was. So, so that right there is where a lot of people sit because they sit with the justifications of, yep. look, it's not like it's all bad and this is a partly what it is. Yeah, it's like so I'm not why, Billy Graham, but I'm serving in my church. You yeah, know? Yeah, and, yeah, and they really, and that nagging feeling, the Lord, the Lord is so loving because he will unsettle us yeah. in his love and we're like and, 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 it, and, it, and it doesn't make sense it's like I should not not be good right now I should not not be happy with everything that's going on right now why am I unsettled and it very well could be the Lord unsettling you yeah. in his love to say I'm wooing I'm calling Do you yeah, it's like we, well we, we, we accept the lie of the confusion between being content and being you know and satisfied like, yeah, and full in full. I uh, talk about the abundant life. I mean, abundant is a rich, full, amazing yeah, like, life. <laughs> and, and we accept the lie that if we chase after what, what God put in his in, in our hearts with with ourselves completely with our eyes on him, we, we, we accept the lie that would say that, that it's maybe selfish ambition. Yes. Or it's or it's, you know, my time's over with, or, or, you know, I'm too old for that, or whatever that lie is, it starts with a fear of just, of just complacency, honestly, like being complacent. So, uh, so uh, and this is really for, for dads, I'll say right now, and it could be for moms, but I really have a heart for dads in this statement. Um, God wants you to overcome whatever it is you got to overcome because you will pass it on. And if you oh, don't 100%. overcome it... You are passing it on the next generation to have to go around the mountain again, to live in fear, to live in less, to live with, you know, whatever it is that you're not willing to face. Yeah. Whereas God most of the time is calling the parents, face it, overcome it, and then leave a legacy to your kids that's saying you can overcome it. Yeah. Look by the grace of God, look what dad has done or mom has done. You this will be what I can give to you. And, you know, and these, I, these, yeah, you I know, get stories. the I get the feeling in churches because we do we get a chance to, we have the privilege of going to churches all over the nation now, and I get the feeling that there's a lot of guys currently in our congregations and, and in our churches today that they want to do more, but they're wrestling with that tension. And I would just say 100%, like you're not going to find the answer in some entrepreneurial podcast or anything. You will find the answer in one small thing today if you were to do it, and that's to say. Like, God, help me take the next step in my faith. Yeah. Like, don't, like, like this is a big prayer. Siobhan and I are praying, praying right now, especially after we read George Mueller this summer, which if you don't know George Mueller, like, oh, the my intercessors. Lord. The intercessor? No, no, the, George Mueller from England, the, the, the orphan uh, guy. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. So, like... After we read that, we stopped praying to God, like, Lord, provide for, you know, money here. God, provide for, you know, fuel here. God, provide for food here. We just started praying, like, God, would you give me a little more faith today to trust you for the next step? 
Man, that's a good prayer. That's a huge and most dangerous prayer you could ever pray because if you really mean it, what's awesome about God is He actually put those dreams there. He wants to see that stuff come alive in your life because He's got so much more planned for it. But He wants you to ask Him, please God, let me trust you more. I think there's a lot of guys out there that are just saying like, I, I want to do better, but I just don't know what. And we're kind of groomed in this society where it's like most of our churches err towards the safe side of like, well, we need to teach you how to have good marriage. We need to teach you how to have good finances and be a proper man and raise your family well. Like I can tell you right now, if, if you're listening to this podcast, looking and, or listening and saying like, wow, Trent, what a great, amazing guy for God. I'll tell you right now, I am homeless and I am unemployed in the most best ways possible because I chase after God and I want my children to see that. But that's scary for a lot of men. And in the church, we're not really allowed okay, to say that. But I'm going to time out. You're homeless, you're unemployed, but how are you doing? Well, we're doing great. Oh my gosh. We're that's doing great. great. Like we're doing so great. Like so great. Like this year, like, okay, like in the past, uh, in the past 18 months, we have done a one and a half perimeter of the entire United States, seen the kingdom of God. We've been from Yosemite waterfalls to Niagara waterfalls. We had, uh, we, we, we had a film crew video tape us, or, you know, the, well, I really, really dated myself there. Uh, we had a film crew follow us around. Putting and, in the VHSs. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, hey, I'm 39, I'm not there yet. So, like, we had a film crew follow us around in Manhattan. We, we, we went to Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia. We, we sung music in Seattle and in Florida. Like, we've been all over the nation. Like, I, t I can't tell you how many times, like, I'll tell people, you know, you meet somebody at the grocery store or the restaurant or something, and they're like, wow, five kids, that's a lot. Four, five boys, wow. And then I, sometimes I'll wait just to say, yeah, and we live in an RV. And you get, you kind of like, all of a sudden, all the preconceived ideas come out. Oh, you're white trash. You're homeless. I can't believe what you're doing to your children. You know, like, I'll tell you right now, our children are very smart. They, they do a really great homeschool curriculum, and it's been amazing. As far as history, we have done history at pretty much every national park we could this year. They're learning history in live person. Like, rather than just teaching them about Gettysburg and American history through textbooks, we said, let's go, guys. Let's learn about and, Gettysburg. And as a side note to being homeless and unemployed, you have 15,000 folks that are following along, almost 15. Yeah, uh, yeah. Following along, yeah. this great homeless uh, unemployed guy I, and his wife. I, I, told, my, yeah, I told my wife, like, uh, it's just, nice. yeah, I told my wife, I was like, you know, I want to do a video at some point where I just call out those preconceived things where I'm like, people ask me, like, wow, five kids living in an RV, that must be tough. And then I'll just like have a, a, a breakout of like all the epic adventures we have, like drone footage over Niagara and all this <laughs> stuff, like real quick and be done with it. And I'm like, no, we're doing okay. 
<laughs> so, so, um, so there's a great story about David uh, where when he was a shepherd, he faced a lion, he faced the bear, I think, and overcame them. I think it was a lion, but at least lion, he fought. Yeah. And, uh, and then and later on, he, he faced Goliath. And, and so you stepping away from the church and going into this RV adventure that you've been on for three years? Yeah. Three years. Um, and, you know, becoming a YouTuber, kind of figuring out that whole entrepreneurial world and, and, and doing ministry, etc. Now, you're at another stage. Yes. So how this did, is how another did, stage. So how did you go from mainland RV living to deciding that the Lord is calling you off the mainland to Hawaii with Youth with the Mission and now to, I'm not sure where you're going on outreach. Well, um, I, I, it, I can say this. It began with, like, we kind of tested the waters with this RV thing. To say that it was my wife's idea first, and like I said, she heard from God, and I said no. Excuse me. She heard from God, and I said no, and, uh, and struggled for the next six months, and I think those were the worst six months of my entire life. Um, when we first started, and finally I, you know... And, and you said no because you have insight into why you resisted it? I, I just, I, I was like, well, I'm the provider, and there's no way I... I I'm, I'm a worship leader. I'm a pastor. Like, what am I going to do? I don't have a digital entrepreneurial job. I don't have, right. like, you know, I can't work from home, right? That doesn't work in my, like, trade. Right, yeah. Okay. If you want to call it so that. So it's beyond what you thought was possible. It just, I'm like, and, and I said to my wife, I mean, have you seen how many kids we have? There's no way we can do that, you know? Like, okay, just, it, it, <laughs> that should comfort a lot of listeners because a lot of people, including myself, has said, it's not possible. Yeah. It's not possible. And then, you know, obviously the scripture, well, with man, it's not possible. Yeah. But with God, we just began is to, like, I'll, I'll tell you, the, like, the moment of wor the worst moment of my life. The worst moment of my life, and, and I, I was interviewing. I was interviewing for other church jobs, and nothing felt right. And there were super large churches and not so super large churches, and and it wasn't the fact that I wasn't, you know, being courted or whatever by these churches. Like we were high in demand, if you want to say that, but nothing felt right. And we got turned down by some. We got accepted by a couple, and nothing felt right. And I just remember I. I had gotten turned down for a job that, to be honest, I didn't want it anyway. But the fact that I got turned down, like, reinforced this rejection in my heart mm -hmm. that I believed about myself. Mm. And that night, I came home, and my boys were being really, and we were, we had already sold the house, and we were living with my parents. Oh my gosh, it was miserable. <laughs> And I came home, and my boards were being really unruly, and I took one of my sons, and I pushed him. And he started crying, and I started crying. And I was like, I never wanted to become this person. How did this happen? And I just, that very night, I, that very night, like, I didn't sleep. I, I, I apologized. I, I cried with my son. I, I was like, I'm sorry, buddy. I, I should have never done that, you know? And um, I, I put everybody to bed, kissed my wife to bed, and I said, I'm, I'm, this is not me. And she knew it wasn't me. And she was, she was brokenhearted, too. And I, uh, I, I prayed all night. I just got on my knees. Oh, my God. 
this is not me. You know, I don't know where that came from, but this is not me. And we left, this is like six months after I had left the church job, right? And I was like, God, I left everything that was providing for, and you said that you would split the seas so I would walk right through, right? But that's not happening. And I'm really upset right now, and I was chasing after him, and I'm like, God, I'm just, I've come to the end of myself. We have no money left. We're broke. We had our retirement, and it wasn't much. Retirement and church jobs don't do that well. <laughs> uh, and, and it was just at this point where I was like, I, I, I stayed up all night. I stayed up. I was praying in tongues. I was praying everything. God, like, change me. Do something in me. And in the middle of the night, God just put a piece in my heart. And at, like, 6 a.m. in the morning, so I literally was up all night. I was super tired. I came upstairs to the, you know, in, in to the spare bedroom where we were sleeping at my parents' house. And I woke my wife up, and I said, hey, the kids are waking up. Um... I need you to wake up so I can sleep a little bit. And she was like, okay, okay. And as she's getting up, and I said to her, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna jump in the shower and I'm just, I'm just gonna rest for like another few hours. She's like, okay. And, and before I got in the shower, I just looked at her. I said, hey, what about that RV, RV thing? <laughs> and I turned around and I jumped in the shower and I got out of the shower and I what went to bed. What a way to start. <laughs> I went to bed and I woke up at like noon oh and I came downstairs and she was like, I figured it all out. And she had done all this research. She's like, I can't wait to show you everything. Like she was just waiting for me to say yes. To stop do, trying, I'm to trying, stop to, trying it trying on my to own. Crank the other, turn the other crank. And, and at this point, I was just completely broken and I was like, all right, let's try it. Thank you for that. I just, as a dad, I... Thank you. I think, I mean, I've lost my temper so many times, and, and for you to be able to, yeah. to share that, I thank you. Thank you. There will be people here that will thank you as well. Yeah. Did, so I'll, well, so. it's something that I know I'll never forget, and yeah. I know my son will never forget, and I know that I can minister to it to him in the right way because, because you know, like, yeah, we pass on the, these things, yeah. but what yeah. I'm passing on to him now is fearlessness, and and we talk about that. Yeah. We say, yeah. hey, you know, like, I don't want to be that dad ever again, you know, yeah, like. Yeah. And I think the thing that I, that um, a lot of people, especially in, in the, uh, well, ministry world, entrepreneurial world, a lot of people look to the end results and, uh, and say, well, you know, I want to be that guy or be that girl. And the way to a resurrected life is usually through a cross, a death, um, some kind of stripping away. And, uh, and a lot of people don't have a strong enough tie with God to say, I'm willing to walk that road down with you. Yeah. Right? Because I, I still believe you're good, even though it feels like everything is absolutely hell and awful. Yeah. But I still believe you're good. And a lot of people aren't willing to, to, to take that journey. And, uh, but in a loving way, God does that in a loving way to restore, to rebuild, to, to make multiply, to make fruitful, to, to bring life. Yeah. Like, as he went from the cross to the resurrection. And, uh, and it's not uncommon. I mean, I interview a lot of people, a lot of people, and it's a story usually of going down and back up again. Yeah. And, and it's the part where people are like, oh, I don't want to, I'm afraid of that journey. 
but who you will become on the other side of it is oh my gosh, un- you're unrecognizable. Totally right. And it is. It's the fear of like that valley looks really low. Yeah. And I, I don't want to walk down that. But and the I, mountain and I, on the other side is amazing, yeah. man. <laughs> so let's. And get... quite literally, right? Like because <laughs> because as we now start on this RV journey, like I'm from the Midwest. My wife's from the East Coast, right? Like there's the Shenandoah Valley where she grew up. The mountains are beautiful there, but they pale in comparison to like the mountains in California, the mountains in Colorado, the mountains in Montana. And you're just like, yes, God, I I was meant to come alive and see these things. And now I'm with these in my boys and I'm like, let's pull the RV on the side of the road. There's a mountain there, we have to climb it. You know, like, (laughs) let's pull the RV on the side of the road. There's a river there, we have to jump in it. You know, like, (laughs) and and these are like stories that it's like, oh, I wanna live. And so, yeah, we, we just began to say to each other, my wife and I say to each other, to our kids, like, we put this motto inside of us, like, we want to see the church and be the church. Because yeah. our kids had seen a lot of the church at a young age. And I'll be honest, there was no passionate pursuit for them. My oldest at the time was nine years old. And you may say, well, he's nine years old. But I'm like, well... I see what they look like when they're 16 in this organization or, or, or right. this situation. Yeah. And it's not what I had. Like, yeah. I had a church when I grew up that said to its teenagers, like, when you're 15, you will be able to be equipped and sent as a missionary into the nations <laughs> at, like, 15. And I, and I went to Cameroon, Africa when I was 16 years old on a missions trip with Teen Mania, and it rocked my world. And I'm looking at my kids where we were at, and I'm like, we didn't even know what the world looks like. The storyline for, for Kathy and I is so much of the reason we're here is because we, had, we have two sets of kids, and our first two sets, we walked by faith, we took great risk, we did have some difficulties, and then we we sh- and we shied. We we pulled away yeah. and kind of went into the safe life. Our our next two kids, which are now uh, 12 and, and 14, have known none of that. Yeah. And in arriving here, my son pulled me aside and said, "What are we doing here? Yeah. Y'all don't even do church stuff. Why are we here?" Right. And my my oldest and, and, is in the same. He's he's going to be 13, and he's in that place where. Even on this, these three years of journeys, like sometimes I'm like Camden, dude. You, do you even realize what you've been a part of? And he's like, yeah, maybe, you know. <laughs> but I know he will. I know he will. But it's that, that it's it's the passing on of look, God is faithful. We're gonna trust Him. Yeah. This this will be something you're gonna personally experience, and this is we're gonna do this together. Yeah. And, and even so, in this first week, my son has been hearing from God, telling us, I'm like, this is really really cool. And and honestly, that. It still is that journey. I feel like the journey has not skipped a beat. I feel like it hasn't skipped a beat because for us, it began, so, you know, when we were traveling, you know, we kind of got our toes wet with the RV. We're like, we'll try it out for a six, six months or a year. And then yeah. after we got to six months, we're like, all right, we've got to at least say a year from now. So now, now we're committed. We committed to a year. And after six months, we're like, we got to commit for a, a year now. Because now we're, you know, and yeah. then and then you get to the full year, and you're like, we've got to we've got to do another year, you know. Yeah. And then and then you get to the end of that year, and you're like, do we have to stop? Like, let's keep going, you know. <laughs> like this is amazing, right? Yeah. And yeah, sure, there's struggles, but it was in that time that 
all of a sudden what happened in our hearts and and i'm gonna say something that again i'm I'm assuming you may have some naysayers in there maybe people who are in the church and passionate in the church and you're the ones to say yeah tramp and the mission field is right down the street you know like we're missionaries right down the street and i'm like yeah but you're not going so you're not the one to talk let me just say to you right now that you have this bubble in your church or your organization or wherever you're at, if it's your job, this is your bubble, your influence, and the reason why you're not going out into the street or into the homeless shelter and actually being the life of Christ where you are is because you haven't left your comfort zone to look back. You can't see outside of the circle because your eyes only go so far. But when you jump over that circle, way out into the fringes, into the ends of the earth, you have the capacity to look back at where your tiny circle was and be like, oh my Lord, God, if you're calling me back to there, now I can see the entire world Mm -hmm. and the small circle that I was at. Mm, But when you're only in that small circle, the existence that you live in is that small circle and maybe Facebook, which, come on, let's be honest, you're not actually affecting the world on Facebook unless you're actually affecting the world. And doing it on Facebook. So, so tell me what what uh, we'll we'll end with this. How did the Lord lead you here? Because I know this journey's just starting. But this journey's just lead, starting, and it's awesome. Here? It began in that at that frame of time because we began to travel the U.S. and we're like, God, we we my wife and I literally started getting up early in the morning and praying and seeking God every day, and we're like. Because we were struggling. I mean, there's struggles, you know, but God was faithful every time. And it was in that time that we're like, God, we're seeing you. And we might not see you right now today. We may have like $3 in our checking account, but we see you move. And Lord, if this is the boldest faith in the world, but would you send us to the nations in the same way that you sent us to America? And to be honest, like our hearts are very passionate for the United States, for awakening the church. We always say this when we're talking to churches that they say, well, what's your mission statement? We say, well, we exist to be a, a spark of faith to the body of Christ and a spark of freedom to those who don't know him. Because we, we do exist in these two worlds. Like we go into the church as Trent and Siobhan Ministries and we sing music and we speak in congregations and in small groups. But we also have this vlog called Everyday Family Adventure where it's largely comprised of people who don't know Jesus. They love the RV. They love the freedom that entails of seeing this crazy family leave everything and go on the road. And for some reason, they're still doing it. Like, how are they still doing it? Trent will get on YouTube and say, yeah, by the way, I don't make any money on YouTube ad revenue. I just want you to know that. Like, it's 100% God. And they're like, well, how are you doing this still? And, and it's like the bold faith of like, God, we want to take our kids to the nations. We want to take our kids to the hardest, most unreached places in this entire world as hopefully a testimony that anybody can do it. Because I'm sick of hearing excuses. I was sick of making excuses, using my kids as an excuse for why I don't actually serve Jesus. And now I'm using my kids as an excuse to say, we can you know, and, and really, I, that was a shameless plug for our song. <laughs> we can, but we end every single one of our YouTube videos by saying, hey, remember, we can make the world better. I believe we can. Because it really comes down to that lens. Is your lens entirely looking and saying, the world's going to hell in a handbasket? Or are you saying, God, if the world's going to hell in a handbasket, give me a water pestle 
and I'm gonna charge the gates of hell with that water pistol, and if it's with my family, I'm gonna do it. But I'm not gonna settle for the fact that the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Lord, here I am, send me. Let me do something about it, something. So Trent, um, I'm gonna have you back on. <laughs> Cause, Cause, your journey is just starting, and oh, I know that you're so your your family's with fire and for against DTS. You will be sent to the nations. There will be more stories. Yes, and uh, we just found out that our team is going to the Philippines, yeah. which we're so excited about. And yeah, watch please, because we don't have our our funds raised for it. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. So and if people want to come alongside of you, they would go to Trent and Siobhan. Yeah. Sure, TrentonShavon.com or okay. Everyday Family Adventure. This everything, yeah, yeah, exists, you know, like okay. you know, these little bots that we have on the internet that yes, leads everywhere. Awesome. It's easier to say Everyday Family Adventure because okay. my wife's name is kind of hard to spell. All right, so EverydayFamilyAdventure.com or uh, catch up on YouTube. Yeah, for sure, right, so and watch because because even for you know Troy and his family, like this is <laughs> super amazing, and I'm I am 100% excited to see families that are saying, okay, God, whatever. I want to do it. Yeah. That's let's, so let's, amazing. That's So thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I love talking like this. <laughs> this is great. If you've been encouraged and inspired by the show and you would like to know what else we've got going on, go to thekindlingfire.com. There you can join the fire starters which is a facebook messenger community i let know first anytime i do anything you can also get a book there called you can certainly do it that i've written to really encourage you to take your first steps to really start the small fire that god's starting in your life uh, in addition to that you can sign up for the seven day bible devotional become a sign and wonder and as always be awesome